With kids around, me time runs out fast. Don't waste valuable child-free minutes on a drink run. Instead, get Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. Drizzly has the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits delivered in under 60 minutes. Get date night rolling before your parents bring him back. How about a living room slip and paint? They'll never know you stole their crayons. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. My guest today is Representative Eric Swalwell. Eric and I have become friends over the last few years. We may disagree on a lot of policy matters, but we have a similar view that the country is under threat right now from anti-democratic, and I mean that in the small d way, forces, and that we face a lot of threats that have come in the last few years because of this rising tide of extremism and authoritarianism. Now, Eric is somebody who has to put up with it every day. He has to deal with people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert and George Santos, which I think you'll probably hear about during this hour, and does it with a lot of goodwill and a lot of aplomb. And also, he's one of these folks in the Democratic Party that, that I really like because he likes to, to get out there and fight. He likes to get out there and, and, and stir it up a little bit because, God bless you, my Democratic friends, but you need more people like Eric to go out there and stir it up a little bit. There was also maintained what was called an enemy's list. Democrats want Republicans dead. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. (laughs) I'm Rick Wilson, and this is The Enemies List. Welcome to The Enemies List, Congressman Eric Swalwell. Eric, great to have you back, my friend. Happy to ha- Thanks, happy Rick. to happy to talk again. So let's lead out right away. What is it like living in the House of Kevin these days? What's the flavor in Congress and uh, the sense and the mood and the entire thing? Well, I'm just just making layups over here, Rick. It's not, <laughs> not too hard against these guys, uh, really. They come into these hearings, they're they're completely unprepared, and, and they're pretty uh, easy to to bat back and, and beat down. You know the volleys that they're trying to get across. You know, Matt Gates is citing the Global Times of China. <laughs> Lauren, Bo- Lauren Boebert uh, is referencing policies that were underway during the Trump administration to try and own the Biden administration. And my my personal favorite was to own the libs. Matt Gates asked the Judiciary Committee to say the Pledge of Allegiance every hearing. And the first person he brings in to say the Pledge of Allegiance uh, is a soldier in his uniform. And one of my colleagues says, well, just in the future, I'm sure this guy's great. Uh, let's just try and vet anyone that you guys are going to bring in. And we've got this back and forth. And one right. of my Republican colleagues, I'm not shitting you, says, he goes, come on, Democrats. It's not like we're going to bring in somebody who committed murder. Turns out, I think you know where the story's going. I do. A journalist did like a 10-second Google search. <laughs> and Matt Gates brought in somebody accused of committing murder. Of course so, he did. Of course he did. over here. There's no, yeah, there's no, uh, no defense, no three-point shots. These are just, just layups. 
it's a twist on the old Trump line. When the MAGA send their members of Congress, they're not sending their best. <laughs> they don't send their best. But yeah. it, I mean, it seems to me like the um, the biggest thing they promised in in this election cycle was they were going to use all the committees to do all these investigations on Hunter Biden's laptop and the weaponization of government. And it feels like the entire thing is not even like providing them with like the the Fox News fodder they thought it would. It feels like it's just completely like flopped. Yeah, it, it's it's aimless. Uh, and, and also on the, on the big stuff, uh, on, the, on the big stuff, like a budget, a border bill, you know, that was also promised. Uh, right. As Hakeem Jeffries said, you know, they're in the witness protection program. You know, no, no one has has seen uh, any of them yet. And, and it's, they, they just can't, they can't organize amongst themselves. We saw that for how long it took for them to pick a speaker. Uh, and now, you know, they can't put a budget out. Uh, so it's hard for the president to know, like, where do you begin a negotiation? You know, we do have, you know, a, a humanitarian crisis at our border mm-hmm. uh, and they have no sl- solutions. And frankly, I think they, they want the crisis, not the solutions. They want the theater, oh, for sure. you know, not... Uh, to solve the problem. But Rick, as I look at it, um, you know, they thankfully do not control the Senate. They don't control the president's pen. Uh, so they can knock themselves out. They want to name the AR-15 as the national gun of America. Fine. Go, go ahead. Uh, it's, it's not going anywhere. But there's actually a, a bill to do that. But there's three things that they actually have to do or, or things go bad uh, for right. us and, and the rest of the world. We have to pay our bills and extend the debt ceiling, something that Republicans and Democrats have done for decades. We have to fund the government later on uh, this Mm -hmm. year and avoid a government shutdown. And for this fight, you know, for democracy and and human rights over in Europe, we have to keep Ukraine in the fight and Russia on its heels. They can fuck around on everything else. uh, And and that's fine. And they'll show the country, you know, just how crazy they are. Uh, But on those three serious issues, uh, we need them to be adults. And if they're not adults, then markets collapse. Uh, benefits, you know, don't get right. mailed out and armies fall. So it it, it gets real uh, on those three things. Do you think there are enough, uh, you know, I look, you and I know how the typology of the Republican Party works. About 65, 70 of them are absolute insane. Fuck, you know, they're they're gone. They're just, you know, into the end of the ether. And you think there are enough Republicans to come together and push over, you know, we only need 10, right? Yeah. And you think there are enough Republicans who would who would who would have the stones to say, "No, Kevin, I'm not. I'm going to vote for a clean debt ceiling. I'm going to I'm going to vote to uh to fund the government and I'm going to stand strong on Ukraine." Are there enough of them because it's I I always wonder, you know, just just where the courage line falls. Like what's so enough there are, for them to break party lines? Yeah, they need five uh, actually. So it's not that many, and, and there's more than five. Oh, that's if true. McCarthy, I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So if McCarthy just put a, a bill on the floor to fund the government, a bill on the floor to pay our bills, a bill on the floor to keep Ukraine in the fight, it, it passes with 300 plus votes. But it's entirely up to him to put it on the floor, and, and so in his head. He saw how hard it was to just become speaker. Mm-hmm. And if, to, as you said, the you know, 50 to 75 of them who are completely gone outside the mainstream right. chaos agents, what McCarthy is factoring 
is not what's good for the country. It's what's good for McCarthy. And, and what's good for McCarthy is to keep that group happy. And he's worried that if he were to put those three pieces of legislation on the floor for a vote, uh, that they wouldn't be happy because it would be Democrats, again, you know, delivering, you know, to pay our bills, fund the government, right. keep Ukraine in the fight. Now, you saw in the past, uh, Paul Ryan and John Boehner, you know, to avoid chaos, uh, they relied on Democratic votes, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but they weren't speaker for long. And, and what I'm convinced of is that Kevin McCarthy, you know, he is entirely interested in the title of speaker, has no interest in doing the, the job of speaker. And for him, the biggest fear is, is just being you know, deposed as speaker. And the threat to the country, as I said, is, is markets collapse. Uh, armies fall and, and that that would be bad. It's amazing. We have to like actually lay that out for humans in the, in the year 2023, that not paying the government's bills and crashing the stock market is a bad thing, but no, yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, Eric, uh, 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 Eric, you've, you've seen him working up close uh, and you've seen how desperate he is to keep Marjorie Taylor green and Matt Gates and Andy Biggs and Lauren Boebert and all these other idiots um, from, you know, strapping on the suicide vest. Because, you know, Matt Gates had literally bragged to people here in Florida that I know, people in his hometown, that he told McCarthy, if you bring a debt ceiling bill to the floor, I will remove you as speaker. If you bring a debt ceiling bill, you're gone. Fuck you. It's over. No compromise. No nothing. I want to burn it all down. This like nihilist, this like nihilism that infects these guys is astounding to me. And, and it's like, Kevin has, he is the weakest speaker that I can, that I can think of, including Bob Livingston, who was only there for like 30 seconds. And this guy has no control of his his caucus. You say what you will about Mitch McConnell. When he wants his caucus in line, he gets his caucus in line. Kevin has no control. He he has zero control. And and in fact, many members of his conference are at the DC jail uh, visiting Mm -hmm. January 6th terrorists, right? I mean, What no speaker in the world? <laughs> Can you imagine if Speaker Pelosi allowed a delegation to go to Guantanamo Bay, you know, to see if the you know September 11 terrorists were being treated? We're, 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 we're comfy. Yeah, no, it, it would never in a million years happen. But because he's a part of this corrupt bargain mm-hmm. uh, to be speaker, I call it reoccurring payment plan that he's under. Right, so he's he's got to keep paying <laughs> right. every week. So he you know he's given. Tapes to Tucker Carlson, George Santos remains in Congress. <laughs> Somehow. Green, yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, is on the Homeland Security Committee. And, and now there's a delegation, uh, Jail Dell, uh, as I call it, uh, <laughs> going, going to visit the D.C. inmates. It would be comical if we weren't at such a moment in our history where things are so intensely dangerous across so many different domains. It now, call be- me naive, though, Rick. Um, I, I still hope that the bank crisis two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wakes these guys up, uh, that they see that, you know, we were if they were getting flooded with the phone calls and text messages uh, that I was getting flooded with from sure. people telling me I'm not going to be able to make my payroll or employees saying that paycheck ain't coming if this isn't solved. I, I hope that is a wake-up call. But here's here's my fear, though. Uh, so that whole weekend, we're on Zooms with the FDIC, right, with right. Treasury. And, Everybody and after- being grown-ups for once. <laughs> yeah. In, in the yeah. afternoon that the, the solution was presented uh, by Yellen, Biden, uh, and the Fed, for the first time in my 
time in Congress, we have a bicameral Zoom. So it's both parties, oh, wow. both chambers. And, and so, and then you've got the Fed on. And because it was thrown together so quickly, there it's not like a hosted Zoom where everyone is muted and you have to oh, like- Oh God. <laughs> Imagine 400 or so senators and Congress members logging in, trying to figure out the mute button. And, and, and so it's a very, but again, we're all freaking out that the economy is going to collapse. People are going to miss their paychecks. And so it, it's laid out to us what this deal is going to be, how it's going to work. And, and again, every, everyone is serious until right. offhandedly, one of the Fed staffers, she's laying out what caused the bank to collapse in their view. Uh, she says something to the effect of, you know, we can't discount the role that, um, online disinformation played in, in creating panic uh, that led to the run. Sure. Cut, cut to Lauren Boebert, which of her course. screen is black. Video on, unmuted, starts screaming into the camera. Not Didn't raise her hand, wasn't called on, just started <laughs> screaming. Oh, here we go. You know, Joe Biden is going to censor all of us. This is Twitter Files 2.0. And, and to see, like, I had, like, I love the gallery view in this because I just right. want to see how everybody's like, everyone is just like, who is this fucking crazy? Lady? <laughs> We're trying to solve a bank crisis, and, and you're putting out conspiracy theories. So it, it was, it was chilling, Rick, because uh, she could cause the debt ceiling crisis. She's she's powerful enough, sure, um, with such a thin majority that she could, you know, sure. tank the whole economy. And, and I mean, between. McCarthy, between her and and yep. and Marjorie Taylor Greene and mm -hmm. you know the the ten or so of them that are really in the that, that have the sort of social media juice to yep. blow it up yep. they'll all they're all in that I think at least they're all in that nihilist camp where they they'd love to watch it burn yes. they'd love to watch the whole thing go down and and hope for the best yep um, but it's like uh, when you when you're dealing with these people on a day-to-day -day basis in Congress. I mean, the the idea of policy fights used to be something that was definitional in Washington. And you'd sit down, Republicans and Democrats would sit down, and, and, and my old theory was nobody ever gets everything they want in D.C. Everybody right. ends up having a, you know, having to push back and forth. But now it's like the trolling party wants just the shit. They just want to throw things out there, blow things up, mess up. How do you even like how do you, I don't even know if I can share an elevator with these fucking people. I mean, it's, like, it, it, it's very hard. I, I found myself in an elevator with George Santos and I was like, how did I let this happen? <laughs> what was I thinking? Um, no. So the, the good news is there, there are enough of them who want to get shit done. Um, right. So I, I chair a subcommittee on Homeland security, the cyber subcommittee, with Andrew Garbarino from New York, serious guy wants right, to solve right. problems. And it's cyber again. There's it doesn't it, it does it's an issue that doesn't sleep and it doesn't care about political parties. Right. And I don't think there's any daylight between us on on what we need to do. And so I just I try and find you know the wins you know where I can take them and, and hope and just hope as you said that the, the outliers the extremists uh, aren't able you know, to, to tank the whole thing. That's, that's just what you have to worry, worry about and guard against every day. Yeah. As a listener to this podcast, you know, democracy is in danger in America and beyond. This titanic challenge requires a powerful response. And that's why Resolute Square was founded. 
The Enemies List is part of the Resolute Square family. We're a pro-democracy network. The Enemies List is just one part of Resolute Square's pro-democracy content and coverage. Our members get particularly exciting benefits. Exclusive live roundtable discussions with me, Reed Galen, Stuart Stevens, and Joe Trippi. In those discussions, you can ask us questions directly, as if you are in the room at a campaign strategy session. In these sessions, we'll give folks answers on how to fight back against the crazy, how to push back against the MAGA media, and how to communicate effectively in the battle for our democracy. We're building a new arsenal for democracy, and we could use your support. Head over to ResoluteSquare.com enemies to let the world know where you stand. With kids around, me time runs out fast. Don't waste valuable child-free minutes on a drink run. Instead, get Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. Drizzly has the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits delivered in under 60 minutes. Get date night rolling before your parents bring him back. How about a living room slip and paint? They'll never know you stole their crayons. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Well, you know, it's funny because I talked to a, a, a Wall Street donor guy the other day who said, who, who is who is a Republican and he's, he'd given Kevin a good piece of money. And I said, what are you going to do when this guy loses control? What are you and your colleagues on Wall Street going to do when this guy loses control and the debt ceiling goes belly up? What are you going to do? He goes, well, first off, I'm going to be fucked because we're going to we're going to lose everything. And he says, and second off, Kevin's not going to see another dime from anybody on Wall Street if he does this. It's over. He's got to choose. Make the crazy lady happy or 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 make the donors who who have made him made it possible for him to sit in that chair, you know, don't kill off every single one of their banks and their hedge funds. And he's in he, I think he's I mean, that, I can't imagine how that guy I mean, I, I saw yesterday he's got dogs, at least. I can't imagine how he sleeps at night, you know, <laughs> it, it, but it's, the, the it's, honeymoon's going to be over soon. Right. Because as oh, I yeah. said, uh, it's going to get real uh, pretty quickly here. June or, or just before June uh, is when that's coming. And, and again, right. I just hope the bank crisis was a wake-up call uh, that you know you, you can play or you, you can do play Congress mm-hmm. all you want. You can fuck um, around you, a lot and, and, and yep, some of the small stuff, but but when it comes down to the budget, the debt ceiling, and, and I think you're right. That's a real interesting division inside the Republican caucus right now because. In the Senate, they're still pretty strong on Ukraine. I mean, there's a few idiots. Uh, the House still seems to have a meaningful caucus of Republicans that are okay on Ukraine, but I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm wondering what happens when it becomes more of like a litmus test in the presidential race, because you know Trump is obviously staked out a pro-Putin position. DeSantis is he's had three positions so far. God knows what it'll be by this afternoon, but it's generally speaking pro-Putin. Um, and I'm wondering, like, how much the MAGA side of it is going to is going to burn that down because we've done some polling at Lincoln that that shows that a lot of older Republican voters they're still not uh, they're never going to buy into pro Putin they're never going to buy into pro Russia um, it's just not going to happen they spent you know 70 years having the Cold War beat on their heads um, but what do you, how do, how hot do you think that's going to be I mean we've got Green and and Gates and others basically saying cut it all off. Um, how, when do you, when do you think that debate is going to come and, and when do you think, and how do you think it's going to roll? Yeah. yeah, So of course we'll have a a national defense authorization act, you know, by the end of the year, we'll see how serious they are there. And and if they can even bring that up for a vote, you know, that again, they have not put their budget out because they can't agree on it. There's a good number of them who do want, you know, serious cuts 
to Medi- Medicare, Social Security. Right. And, and even Trump now is, you know, he's going to the left of them in this, you know, populist appeal that he's making. Mm-hmm. But Rick, on Ukraine, um, so two things would happen. I think one is obvious if we did not keep them in the fight. One is not so obvious. The, the, the obvious one is that, you know, that they would they would suffer serious losses. It would demoralize right. uh, the ranks and, and mm-hmm. Zelensky's uh, leadership would be at risk. Uh, his ability to still govern would be at risk. That's obvious. Not so obvious, but we already know this play, uh, is that if Russia sees a Republican field uh, of candidates who all would defund the effort in Ukraine, well, what do you think Russia's going to do? They're going right. to wait mm-hmm. out this war. There's no incentive mm-hmm. for them you know, drag to- it. Drag it yeah, out. Yeah, drag it out. There's no incentive for you know a peace process, and they're probably going to try and influence you know the 2024 election if they think that they can get a an American president who would be pro Putin. Yep, I think that's exactly right. I think that that waiting game is something that Russia is pretty smart about, and and it's for the first time in our history that there are people who are not ashamed to be pro Putin. That's right. Congress. They're not. They're not ashamed of. It. They're not playing. They're not even pretending. Even during Trump, they would have. They would sort of posture as, "Well, I believe in strong NATO and this and that." And now it's like, yay, "Yay, Vlad!" Um, but, so, uh, but also, Nick, the, the the good news on it's it's good news, bad news. The good news is, uh, well, the bad news is it's state-run media, right? So sure. um, he can wait it out as long as he wants. He can suffer two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand losses on the battlefield. Right. And people will be none the wiser. Uh, yep, however, yep. the good news is it's state-run media. If we keep Ukraine in the fight, Putin can declare victory, and victory is whatever he calls it. Right? He, he can tell the people through his state-run right. media. We were triumphant and defeated the Nazis, or whatever. Yeah, we, we kept we we kept Ukraine out of NATO. Like, let's throw a parade, and he that's an off-ramp. And so, as, as long as we keep pounding them, uh, you know, with what we're providing and, and what the Ukrainians can do. That's an off-ramp he has. This is we we I think too often look at this as like a, a Western lens where you know if he's taking all these losses, you know it's going to be harder for him to declare victory. That's that's not true at all. He he is entirely concerned about his own personal survival, survival. for sure. That's right, absolutely, absolutely. So, Eric, what do you think the twenty twenty four map looks like for the Democrats in the House? I I think the Senate map is tough, but I think the House map actually is a little more promising. Yeah, 18 Republicans are in uh, Biden districts, mm-hmm. and there were a number of you know very very close uh, contests. You also will see, I, I believe, Rick, in the courts, uh, some of the seats are going to come back to us. You know, so in Ohio and in Florida mm-hmm. and Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, maps that were ruled unconstitutional at a lower court, uh, those maps were stayed uh, by the Supreme Court until this upcoming election, and so we right. expect that'll put a few more seats. Uh, in play. And, and again, if we do this right, uh, we will make each Republican in a contested seat own every part of the crazy. Uh, if it. you don't condemn that's, it, that's the whole you strategy, it. man. And, and, and Republicans are brilliant at doing that. Democrats, we're, we're too virtuous. You know, we will say to ourselves, well, you know, of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene is nuts and proposes right. all of this, but so and so surely doesn't believe that. Well, if so-and-so is quiet, keeps their head down, never speaks out against it, then they should own that. Like they, they mm-hmm. shouldn't get a free pass uh, on that at all. And, right. and so I, I think we're getting better 
uh, at that. And, and you're seeing that with Santos uh, because so many of them are sweating, <laughs> you know, the proximity to Santos uh, that they have. But as far as I see it, uh, this is their problem. If they wanted him sure. gone, they could expel him. And, and with Santos, uh, who, again, we're reminding voters every day that they are enabling a wanted international criminal. <laughs> He's admitted to everything. This I know. A it's astounding. Yeah, you don't need you don't need an indictment to throw the guy out. He has copped to almost every piece uh, of this, and he's just embarrassing. He's just embarrassing. I mean, I, I mean, it's like I've I've begged Democrats to like take a lesson from the fact. God, God, when I was a Republican political consultant, God knows how many ads I made saying. Congressman John Smith says he's a conservative Democrat, but he stands with Nancy Pelosi, you know, and 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 the Republicans did that last time. No matter who the who the moderate Democrat was, it was like they're just like Ilhan Omar and they're a radical squad. They want to seize the means of production and impose communism. And and it's like sometimes the Democrats just have to, like, take off the gloves and and whack these people because it is it really is. They really are good at conflating the extreme of anything with everyone else, and the Democrats should 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 pick up that cudgel occasionally and and whack back. Yeah, anyone who does not condemn going to the D.C. jail should have to own that, right? Like that, right? That's how I see. They're it. bringing they're bringing terrorist cookies in jail. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> that's what it is. You're gonna bring them a, right. a cake with a shiv in jail. Is it a conjugal visit? Who knows. <laughs> Oh God, I'm gonna get in trouble for that one. Oh man. Oh, so Eric, one more one more question, then we'll let you get going. What should what should Democrats be paying attention to in the next couple of months that will that will sort of lay out where the 2024 battlefield looks like? I know we've talked about some of it, but with the debt ceiling and other things, what else should they be watching for us, especially in the House as we go forward? So what I I, I think the formula has to be. Uh, I call it a 3D approach. So mm-hmm. before every investigative hearing, uh, we discredit the Republicans. So right. Jim Jordan, you want to talk about subpoenas with Hunter Biden, FBI? Guess what? You didn't honor your own subpoena. You have no credibility. Right. Debunk anything that they volley over that could land. Make sure that we debunk it. Because, again, we know most of it is bullshit. Yeah. And then third, and I think this is most important remind people what we delivered and what we will deliver. And, and this mm-hmm. is where I think Democrats are. We're, we're so modest and, as I said, uh, virtuous, where we don't remind people every day what we did on the jobs and infrastructure bill. And as we are being so modest and virtuous, guess who's showing up at the ribbon cutting and making wallpaper of something that they voted against? The Republicans. On, on this yep. bank issue, Donald Trump, I promise you, within 72 hours, every bank customer whose payroll, uh, you know, was saved by the administration's action would receive a letter from Donald Trump saying, of course, I just did that because the Republicans, their approach was it's a woke bank. Let people miss right. their paychecks. Let them die. We stepped uh, in. And, and so, I, again, I think we have to you know, throw away, you know, any modesty and, and remind people uh, every day what we're doing. So discredit, debunk and continue to show people what we did deliver and what we will deliver. 
Yeah, I think I think the infrastructure bill was one of those things that really reminded me. Yeah, the first people that did an, uh, an ad on the infrastructure bill were, were, were was my group, a bunch of ex Republicans, because we were like, "This is a big deal. Why aren't they taking a victory lap? Why aren't they out there beating the drum on this thing and saying this is going to bring good things to your community in rural America? Want to get right. back rural white voters? Go tell them what you're doing with broadband and and grid and electricity grid improvements, because it's a big deal. It's a big thing." Yeah. So that's right. And also, by the way, Rick, uh, again, just going back to the, the shooting layups here, uh, we had a, a hearing this week on abolishing the ATF that the Republicans. Right. Uh, held. And one of the witnesses they brought, uh, we did just again, 10 second Google search. One of the Republican witnesses had tweeted out just a couple months ago. Fuck the cops. That was all. Fuck the cops. <laughs> and, and again, we. We should remind them that like police funding over the last couple of years has come from us. These right. guys, they don't back the blue. They back the coup. They're visiting the terrorists who beat up the cops and the people that they chose. They could bring anyone who walks on earth to a committee hearing. They brought a guy that says, fuck the cops. Like, so we have to like pound that in uh, yeah. you know, to the, the mindset of the voter. Always. Otherwise, they won't know. Always, always. Well, Eric, tell people where they can find you on social media. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, at uh, Rep Swalwell uh, on Twitter uh, is the best play uh, with one right. L in the middle. At Rep Swalwell. <laughs> well, Eric, thank you, my friend, for coming on today. I look forward to seeing you again soon and, uh, and, and best of luck in the coming battles. Great. Thanks. My pleasure, Rick. All right. See you soon. Today on the Enemies List the gentry republican class so national review and the traditional republican conservative writers they have spent the last part of well it's a year and a half declaring that ron DeSantis is 12 feet tall covered in pure gold he is the most brilliant man to ever walk the earth that he is the savior of not only the republican party but western civilization and a lot of us have been saying you know, maybe y'all should pump the brakes on that for two reasons. One, he's not going to win the primary. Trump is. And two, a lot of the things that you're kind of shoehorning into Ron DeSantis are wish casting and aspirational things you wish he believed in. But in fact, he's shown he's, you know, a, a chip off the old umber block of Donald Trump in terms of his abuse of power, his expansive statism, his authoritarianism. But the reason I want to put you guys on, on the enemies list this week is very simple. You're, you're mostly harmless. Honestly, you really are mostly harmless. You're perfectly nice people as a rule. But you keep thinking you can get away with avoiding the consequences of accommodating Trump for the last seven years. And yes, National Review, you did a bold thing in the very beginning of Trump and Trumpism by putting out the never Trump issue. But, you know, since then, it's just become this sort of like slow slide down into, well, you know, Trump isn't great, but Joe Biden's a communist or Trump isn't great, but otherwise it's Sharia law. Come on, people, get your shit together. You're better than this. You're supposed to be smarter than this. You actually have a moment right now where you should realize something. You should have a hard realization. Donald Trump is going to win the nomination and every one of you is going to have to make a choice. Are you going to be intellectually honest with yourself? and draw a moral equivalence between Donald Trump and Joe Biden and imagine the compromises that you'll have to make in the four-year window of Trump as president again? Or are you going to do the right thing? I doubt you will, because I know how powerful the gravitational and tidal pull of politics is. 
but I wish you would. And I want you to think about one long thought. The minute DeSantis collapses, the minute the, his campaign turns upside down, the minute Trump once again eats everything in the room, you're going to be stuck again. You think I want Trump back? You think we want Trump back? We don't. I would love for Trump to be struck by lightning tomorrow. I would love for Trump to be eaten by a shark. But we live in the real world. And right now, you guys are living in a fantasy world where Ron DeSantis is going to save you. And then you won't have to make the painful choice you're going to have to make very soon of picking America or Trump. You're on the enemies list, folks. Get your shit together. Thanks again for listening to The Enemies List. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at TheRickWilson. Thanks again for the wonderful support you've shown the pod. We're growing fast. It really helps if you will share this with your friends, your family, and anyone else who, like us, is trying to save democracy. While you're at it, if you could rate and review the podcast, I would be very much appreciative. I know this is the sort of thing you've heard a billion times. Please rate, review, like, blah, blah, blah. But you need to do it. It really does help us a lot. We are slaves to the algorithm, my friends. And if you do this, it will help get the pod out further. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, whatever you do, stay off the list. <laughs>